Hi, you found the Out of the Ordinary podcast, where we believe that the very best stories grow out of the soil of ordinary life. I'm Christy Purifoy. And I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And a few of our favorite ordinary things in this extraordinary time of global quarantine are FaceTiming with long-distance friends, the smell of fresh sheets, and all those overdue library books I have that have now had their fines waived. <laughs> and Lisa Joe, mine are headphones, four pairs on four kids, the internet, which is keeping us connected, and my seedlings, my baby seeds under grow lights in the basement. Friends, may you find joy in today's conversation. Get comfy. Here we go. Okay, this next conversation is part of a fun series we're excited to share with you all. In these days of quarantine and cabin fever, we want to help you and ourselves see our homes less like places where we are trapped with frighteningly low supplies of toilet paper and more like places of refuge and welcome for ourselves and others we love. <laughs> this is the home series, stories from our favorite rooms in the house. We hope this series offers you new ways to see your space and a fresh appreciation for all the magic that lives within your ordinary walls. No matter how tired, frazzled, or frustrated you might feel today, take the next half hour to exhale as we remind you how awesome your home and all its stories really are. This week, we're telling stories from the bathroom. Or the restroom? Or the lavatory? Or the <laughs> WC? Or the toilet, as we say in South Africa. <laughs> there you go. So in our house, we say bathroom. Whether or not there is a bathtub in the room, <laughs> we say bathroom. And uh, and actually, we do say, we say that for our downstairs bathroom where there is only a toilet and a sink. There is See, no bathtub. It's a total Americanism. And I learned this because when I came to the States as a student, I would constantly ask, where's the toilet? And I was informed finally by some of my host families that we don't say toilet here. We say bathroom <laughs> or restroom. Like toilet was conveyed to me that that was too graphic, a use of the word. So then I transitioned and kept saying bathroom or restroom. And then for a while, I visited with family in Holland, in the Netherlands. And I remember going into a, you know, into a restaurant and then asking for the bathroom. And the lady looked at me and said, there's no bath. There's just a toilet. We have a toilet, but we don't have a bathroom. And I was like, no, I can't get it right, depending on the culture I'm in. <laughs> but in South Africa, we would say toilet, it refers to the entire room. So if you were looking, you know, say now you were at a friend's house and I wanted to give my kids a bath, we were spending the night, I would still ask you, where's the toilet? So <laughs> there you go. Listeners, you're welcome for that little tangent. That actually makes me feel better because now I realize it's weird both ways. It is weird. There's no like one right way. Right. It's just That's odd good. either way. Although restroom, I have to say, might be weirdest of all. Yeah. Except, <laughs> except oh, yes. Lisa Joe, right now in the time of global pandemic, <laughs> which is what we're doing in these podcast conversations, we're telling stories from different rooms in our house hoping to transform our view of those rooms where we have spent so much time lately. And my bathroom, Lisa Joe, has become my restroom. <laughs> Your restroom. That's awesome. <laughs> because it is the only place where I can go and with not a complete guarantee, with 
but with almost 100% certainty, I will be left alone. And so I have been spending a lot of time in my restroom. I have actually stopped taking showers and started taking only baths. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe you just said that because that is what's happening on this side too. We have so much to talk about. (laughs) Okay. So I I wonder if it's for the same reason. For me, it's because I step into the bathroom, I step into the restroom, and I'm enveloped in quiet. I'm I, I it's like I step into a space of solitude. Not always. All, sometimes I step in and then I hear, Mom, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> but quite often I step in and I realize oh, I'm alone. And it's like I'm a I'm a thirsty woman who now is suddenly like <laughs> drinking great gulps of water that I didn't even always re- I didn't even necessarily realize how thirsty I was. And so the thought of stepping into the shower and being done in like 10 minutes or less it's like a waste. It's like a waste of a good thing. Right. So I always take baths now because they take longer <laughs> and I can stretch them out. So I bring in books with me. I'll bring in my phone and maybe listen to a book on, on I was about to say a book on tape, but you know what I mean? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I light a candle. Actually, my dear sweet husband uh, for Mother's Day, he's a good gift giver, but he did something different this time. He, he brought me into the bathroom and he opened, um, there's a, we have this old dresser that's actually like our vanity, our sink. So it has, it's old wooden thing. It has these drawers. He opened the bottom middle sort of drawer that we never use. Um, and he opened it up and he says, I know you don't open this drawer very often. So I didn't want you to miss this. And he opens the drawer and I looked in and there, there are bars of chocolate. <gasps> no. There's a, there's a pack of gum. There are all these little treats that oh right now gosh. we cannot keep stocked in the house because the children gobble them up as soon as they see them. (laughs) So he said, I just want you to know this is in there. So now when I go and I start, you know, the bath, I have little treats in a drawer. Oh my goodness. So it really has become my my rest restroom, my resting place. So you're taking baths as well now? Yes, because so I am a I'm a bath taker. I've always loved to take baths, but efficiency you know, busy schedules, things like that. Often a shower is more conducive. And a lot of the times, especially in the season of working from home, when I'm trying to kind of start my day and activate myself and not just feel like I'm drudging in to sit by the computer again, taking a shower helps wake me up and it makes me feel motivated. However, with everybody at home all the time, there's now competition for the shower. I feel Mm -hmm. like there's like a line of people waiting for the shower in the morning and the shower is fast and quick, but also chaotic sometimes. It just feels like that isn't a peaceful experience. And I've noticed that by the evenings, my shoulders are all tense and I've been Mm -hmm. hunched over a computer and I'm helping kids and making dinner. And there's really hard to find a way to build in breaks between the different periods of our day. It all just feels like this long run-on sentence with no period. (laughs) And I was like, when can I take a breath? Like, where is the period? And since we've had these last few weeks of really rainy, kind of chilly weather, I've also found that because I'm sitting still for these long periods of time and I refuse to turn on the heat because I don't (laughs) want it to be cold, I'm tired of feeling like it's heat weather here in May. I'm cold. And so then I think to myself in the evenings, the other night I thought, I really want to take a bath. But our bath is located in the children's bathroom, restroom, toilet. 
which means that they don't use it, but they're nasty. And so like yeah. <laughs> the room is not pleasant. And the thing that's weird about my children is that above our bath, and it's actually really nice. It has a skylight right above it. So you can see out. It's really pretty. But there are all these storage cupboards up above the bath too, but they go quite deep, kind of like little attic crawl spaces. And my mm-hmm. sons are so odd. They will crawl like up the wall into those closets oh. and go deep in. So if they're like on a phone call or they're playing hide and seek or they're mad at each other and trying to get away from each other, they will do that. And Christy, I'm not joking you, there are actual footprints going up the wall because they scrabble <laughs> with their dirty feet like to get leverage to launch themselves up into those closet spaces. <laughs> and so you come in and you're like, how are their footprints on the wall? Like, I don't even understand that. And so a week ago, I was frustrated with the boys and I made them do a big clean. And so one of them was assigned the bathroom and he wears his headphones and he was in there for ages and I did not complain. I was like, let him take his time. And I peeked in and at one point he was sitting in the tub, like spraying it down, spraying the wall. And so the next night I thought to myself, here we go. I got to strike while the bathroom is clean and get in there. When we were little, right? When we were babies, there'd be like duckies and pacifiers and like weird kid toys in the bath. And now there's just layers of grunge and weird like um, Nerf guns that have been left in the bathroom, things like that. So it happened to be clean. And I had the exact same thought as you. I started running the water and then I thought to myself, wait, I know I have bath salts somewhere. And I found lavender bath salts and I brought in a candle and I brought in our speaker that I can connect my phone to to play music and I had a book and I told Peter I am upping my bath game nobody look for me I am going to take several baths like because what I do is I lie in there and I read and I have music on and then when the water gets cold I drain half the water and I just top it up again with hot water and I knew I'd been in there for a long time when like each of my children at different age levels so they go to bed at different times pass the goodbye through the door to me like my mom like first it was Zoe I'm going to bed I love you. <laughs> my tween and then my teen eventually was like, Mom, are you still in there? We're going to bed. And I was like, goodbye. Do not talk to me. I am resting in my restroom. And it is my new favorite thing to do. <laughs> that is so great. We are living parallel lives. <laughs> we are the same person. Oh, so I think, yeah, the bathroom is for us these days. It's like the one, and I have to say as well, the situation we find ourselves in globally is going to affect us all so differently. So for you and I at home with multiple children, the thing that is in short supply for us, sort of like the toilet paper, right, that we can't find, right. <laughs> the thing that is in short supply for us is solitude, right. quiet, alone right. time. Right. But I always recognize that for other people, perhaps people who live alone or people whose um, you know, children no longer live at home, they the thing that they miss is together time, right. connection, right. and so on. So I thought of this story, Lisa Joe. I actually remembered, um, I remembered a time when a bathroom, a restroom, a room with no bathtub but a shower, and the shower will play a key role in this story. <laughs> oh my goodness. Became a place of gathering what? and connection and hospitality. Yeah, what? Okay, this is clearly not a story I'm familiar with, but now <laughs> I'm dying to know. <laughs> Did you serve hors d'oeuvres in your shower? <laughs> Almost. Let me tell you about it. This story goes way, way back. This is way back before my placemaking days. This is when I was in high school. So I think we've shared on the podcast before, we talked about 
our past as high school sports stars. Do you remember that yes, one? Yes, I know. From <laughs> from sports star to couch potato. <laughs> you were a swimmer and I was a track runner. That's so weird to me. I feel like we're talking about other people. We were. Uh, it does feel that way. So that's right. In high school, I was a swimmer and um, I did it all through high school. And because I was growing up in Texas, we swam year round uh, in an outdoor pool. And it was an outdoor pool right across the street from our high school. And I lived with my family just really a few blocks away. It wasn't quite walkable, but in a car, five minutes most. So I just lived between home, <laughs> high school, swimming pool. We would practice at the swimming pool before school started. So every day of my high school, I would, I think my alarm, I was so lucky to live so close. I think I would set my, I think practice started at 5.30 and I would set my alarm for 5.15. I would ever have everything ready. My alarm would go off. In the morning? In the morning. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a lot. (laughs) 5.15, I'd wake up, I'd put on my swimsuit, I'd grab my bag, gone. My father would often drive me, bless him. Can you imagine? I cannot. I know, I can't either. (laughs) I would not do that, I don't think, for my child. But my father would often drive me. Or when I was a little bit older, and actually, when the scenario unfolded that I will tell you about, this is when I started driving myself. Um, So there was a year, I think it was 10th grade, where a couple things happened at the same time. And we started our practices. School started. It's the first week of school. And that week as well, I I felt like it was the first day of practice, was also school picture day. So we had swimming practice. And then our coach would give us not long, um, you know, 20 minutes or so to shower up and change and then get over to the high school for our next class. Well, this is Texas in August. Oh, wow. It is so hot and so humid, and we're fine when we're in the pool, but you get out of the pool, and now you're in this outdoor gym shower space. It's not air-conditioned, so we would hop in the shower, but my body would be so overheated from the exercise, and it just couldn't cool down. So I would shower, I would start changing, and I would just keep sweating and sweating. It was so weird to think about. I guess I don't ever imagine that swimmers sweat, but that makes sense with the physical exertion. That's so weird. You're like, what? And cooled off, but sweating. Right, right. And so we'd be, I'd be in this shower room now trying to get cleaned up for school for a whole day of school in high school. I'm a teenager, right? And I can remember doing that first day, going to like rushing to make it to my class, knowing it's picture day. And by the time I got to class, I am so sweaty. The hair that I so carefully blow dried is, you know, a frizzy mess again. Um, My face is beet red. I was so upset, so miserable. And I just thought, this won't work. I can't do this every day. So I got this idea. I, I, I remembered, hey, I only live five minutes from home. Let me ask my coach, will you let me rush out of swim practice, hop in my car, zoom back home, shower at home rather than here at the pool, and then go straight to school? So he gave permission for that. But the other girls on Aww. my swim team heard me propose this plan, and they all said, Christy, <laughs> please <laughs> not have mercy. Fair. Take us with you. Lisa Joe, my parents in their bathroom at this, this house we lived in at the time, it was a quirky old house. It had started as like this little 1940s cottage. Um, and over the years, it had been added onto, not by us, but by other families. And all the additions were odd and quirky and had sort of sloping crooked floors and weird places. And so in my parents' bathroom, they had this enormous bathroom 
carpeted. Oh, no. Do you remember when they used to do yes. that in bathrooms? Yes. Yeah. Yes, carpeted. And it didn't have a bathtub, but it had a shower roughly the size of, I'm trying to think, like a small vehicle, a oh, small wow. automobile. It was enormous. Oh my <laughs> okay, maybe not quite that big, but it was huge, <laughs> huge. Group showers. <laughs> well, that's the thing. When I realized that I would have to rush home to get ready because I needed air conditioning, that's what I needed. I needed to shower in a place with air conditioning so my body could start cooling off. All the girls wanted to come with, and my parents said yes. Oh, I love so that so much. every morning through the hot season, we wouldn't do it in the winter. Oh, so in the not winter, just on you know, picture, we were fine. Wait, wait, not just on picture day? No, every morning. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's like, what <laughs> every, time is this now? Like, it's 7 okay, in the morning? so this would have been, we would practice from 5.30 to 7.30. We'd probably get out at 7.30 or 8, and we probably had to be in our next class at, you know, Eight eight thirty. Cannot imagine um, it was a having very a whole group very of teenage short. girls arrive <laughs> for like their group shower yes. every morning at like eight. That's so awesome. Yeah, it was a very short turnaround, but while it lasted, my parents' home and not only their home, their bathroom in their bedroom with their enormous shower was full of teenage swimmer girls taking group showers. I think you know we were already in our swimsuits. We would just all step into the shower, swimsuits and everything, get rinsed off and then sort of scatter to the corners of my parents' bedroom to get ready for the day. And then we would all hop back in our cars and race all the way back to the high school for our next class. And it gave us very little time to get ready, but it gave us air conditioning while yeah. we were getting ready, which is what we needed. And it was a party. It was a party that every morning. so much fun. I cannot <laughs> even get over that. How special yeah. to be the party shower house. <laughs> we were. <laughs> yeah. Bless my parents. I mean, now I am the mother of a teenage girl. I, my daughter is exactly the age that I was in those days. And to be honest, we haven't had her friends over in quite a long time. So I'm feeling a little bit of missing that, you know, teenage girl energy. But at the same time, I don't know if I would be quite as hospitable as my parents were to all these girls first thing in the morning in your own bathroom. I mean, I'm thinking now, did my mom feel like she had to clean the bathroom? Did she... Um, worry about, you know, all these strangers coming into her space. I just don't know if I would be as giving with my own personal private restroom, right? But isn't it interesting <laughs> that did. you don't remember? Like, you don't remember if the house yeah. was clean or not. Like, you remember how amazing it was to offer that space, to have all your friends mm -hmm. there. You remember the emotion of the experience, not the practical details, which is such a good thing to hold on to as a parent, because I think way too often I feel like I'm noticing all the defects in the house yeah. that I'm offering to people. But I, in my whole life, would not have imagined when we talked stories from the bathroom that there'd be a hospitality story. Hospitality <laughs> angle. <laughs> <laughs> to go with it. But you know, Lisa Joe, I have always said, as anytime I've, I've talked about placemaking, hospitality, I mean, I actually dedicated my book, Placemaker, to my father. Really, I could have dedicated to both of my parents because it's how they lived. They were so, and they still are, so hospitable. Our home was always open. There were always people around our table. And my parents are introverts. They are really? not. They weren't doing it because it was so easy and so fun for them. They love to be alone. <laughs> They're a lot like me. <laughs> but they were so hospitable, so generous with our home and with everything they had that, um, it's just deeply ingrained in me now. And it's just, it, it's more natural. It's just how you live. And that's a legacy of 
you know, the parents I have, the family I grew up in. And so that giving even of their bathroom, that they didn't even hold that off limits. And I'm not saying have no boundaries. I'm not saying you can't ever say no, right? (laughs) For instance, right now in this time when I need solitude, if a child comes and knocks on my door and wants to come in and chit chat while I'm in the tub, the answer is no. Yes. I need this time. (laughs) (laughs) What is it about We will talk later. You feel no need, like there's no sense of boundary at all. Like when I'm in the tub, my sons will just come stand outside the door and ask homework questions or tell me they're hungry and ask what's in the fridge. I'm like, you are standing out there. I am in water. Walk over to the fridge and open it. Like, why are we having this conversation? What is wrong with you? It's so weird and funny. And I was telling my daughter too, I was like, Zoe, I really upped my bath game, honey. You got to You got to get in on this. Like, I got to make one for you because they're so good. Aww. Because she at nine is really kind of coming into the joy of ritual and routine when it comes to getting ready. And I laugh a lot and my husband thinks it's hysterical because I notoriously have this very long wind down routine in the evening. And for me, it stems from the fact that when my mom had passed away as a teenager, I really struggled to sleep. And so I didn't know how to fall asleep. And I remember sitting next to my dad's bed. He'd be lying there with his eyes half closed and I would be sitting in a chair and be like, dad, are you still awake? Are you still awake? Like, I can't even imagine (laughs) dealing with that. And he'd be like, yes, no, no. My eyes are just, they just fell closed for a minute. But um, he eventually took me to see this counselor and she talked about the routine. Like, you have to teach your brain. It's time to go to sleep now. It has to shut down. And so I have this long routine and I often feel like Peter just drops off and then I'm like, oh, so annoying. I have to do my routine. And he's like, you don't have to. And I'm like, I do. (laughs) So I always have to take out my contacts and brush my teeth and floss and wash my face and all these things. But what's funny is to watch my daughter now because she, oh, if you thought I had a routine, oh my word, I told her she has to start getting ready first before all of us because she'll take a good 45 minutes. And I'm like, what are you doing in there? What is happening? (laughs) She just like has how long she needs to brush her hair for. And she's so much better than me. Like she does a facial, like she cleanses her face, not a full Aww. facial, you know, but she's like cleaning yeah. off if she happened to put on lip gloss or a little bit of eyeshadow for fun. She uses the makeup wipes. I don't do that, okay? And she <laughs> loves to use, she has different lotions she uses. She has a lotion for her face and a lotion for her body. And she has a hair uh, detangler spray Aww. she has to comb through. And she, <laughs> I mean, it is like, on and on and on. And Pete and I have laughed so hard at her. And then her final thing before she gets into bed is she puts like a lubriderm or a really good hydrating Vaseline on her lips because she gets really badly chapped lips. But that has escalated so much that like her entire lower face is just like the <laughs> slimy concoction. You can't even kiss her on her mouth. And Peter and I are like, what is going to happen when you get married one day? How will you get into bed like this? Like her whole body is just glistening from lotion. She says, she always says, Brock will love it. Because as you know, she calls her future husband Brock. It's a long story. She's called him that forever. So we're always like, how's Brock going to handle this? And she's like, Brock is so lucky. And then she like, she also will always put her hair up in a scrunchie and for a while even slept with like a little hair cap on over and a sleeping mask. And she has to also align her toys in a certain way. Mm -hmm. There's certain animals that can sleep with her, certain music to play. 
And I just laugh so much because like, if Zoe gets in the bathroom before you, beware your soul because (laughs) she ain't coming out of there for a really long time. (laughs) Oh, that is so precious. And I think especially because she's so young. It's really beautiful. She just maximizes that space, you know, and she really enjoys, I think, the ritual and the routine of each of the stages. And I mean, she smells amazing and her skin is fantastic. So (laughs) clearly there are benefits. (laughs) I'm just wondering, you know, we tend to talk about hospitality. And another phrase that comes to mind is that gets tossed around a lot is self-care. Oh, there you go. She could be the queen of that. (laughs) She's right. She's the queen of self-care. And I, in this time, am learning, you know, how, what that looks like for me in this season, how to find quiet and so on. Um, but maybe those two things are not the opposites that we might imagine, right? If they're happening in this same space, um, is it possible that the bathroom can be a place where we care for other people? Okay, I'm going to admit, not normally. <laughs> it has to be under very particular <laughs> circumstances. But a bathroom, a toilet, a restroom is a place for the care of bodies, right? And we're right. all bodies, and we all have bodies that need caring. So, of course, so I, I would extend the metaphor to talk about, you know, doctor's offices or hospitals or sick rooms or, you know, places where we care for, or salons or, you know, just all the, you know, where you go for maybe your therapeutic massage, right? But all the places where we care for bodies, um, like like the bathroom, um, those can be places uh, where we receive care, we let others care for us, where we offer care. And maybe, maybe these things are more, you know, is it possible that learning to pay attention to the needs of your own body could help you pay attention to the needs of the other bodies, you know, in your family and your relationships or your community or your church? Or, I mean, there certainly are church practices for those of us who are Christians that are about bodies, right? Foot washing and different rituals around blessing with water or oil or holding someone's hand when you pray with them. I mean, mm-hmm. our bodies are a part of these things too. I don't know. So maybe they're not such opposites. I maybe there's that. a hospitality for, yes, for all. Especially because the bathroom, there's an intimacy there, right? Like it implies mm-hmm. a sense of vulnerability and yeah. knowledge, you know, of knowing and inviting people into certain spaces there. And the story I that just I hadn't thought about that came to mind as you talked about that, about caring for one another's bodies is that in the season where we can't go out anywhere, one of the places I know you almost more than anyone I've talked to have really missed being able to go to. What is it, Christy? <laughs> What's that place you can't wait to go back to every five weeks? Oh, yes, yes. The salon for my haircut. Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, Christy has this really short, cute haircut, but it requires regular maintenance. You, it has to get trimmed really regularly. And she has the longest hair now I've ever seen her with in a long time. But, you know, that's been the experience of all of us. And so, my husband, his he has a really thick head of hair, too. And so, when it starts to grow, it becomes like... What are those what are those fun little planters where you put the seeds in and then the fuzzy chia, the chia pet? He's got yes. like but it's like a chia pet like out of control on steroids. Like his hair is just so huge. And so one of the nights during quarantine, he said to our teenage son, our oldest, who's 15, he said, Jackson, come here. I'm gonna teach you how to give a buzz cut. And he watched videos with Jackson and then they sat in the bathroom together. 
And I watched the vulnerability of my husband to put those clippers in the hand of his son. And and he told his son, it doesn't matter if it's not perfect, Jackson. This is something men learn to do to help cut each other's hair. This is your first time. And then the the face of my son, like how seriously he took it, how tenderly he leaned in, how careful he was. And there the two of them were standing, you know, close, close in this tiny little bathroom space and the mirror behind them. And I will just never forget that moment because it felt like a really tangible shift where as parents, usually we are the ones caring for our children. But to watch yeah. my teenage son care for his father in this very practical way that required trust and intimacy, I don't know why it moved me so much. I took a bunch of pictures in just black and white to capture that moment because you just see the concentration on Jackson's face, but you see on Peter's face just the joy and delight. He's mm-hmm. relaxed as he trusts his son. And that happened in the bathroom. That was one of my favorite bathroom memories from the season. Wow. I have to say, when Jonathan pulled out our clippers to give the, hair, the boys uh, some trims, I said, keep those far away from me. <laughs> <laughs> you I may be him. in desperate need of a haircut, but I am going to wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, but that's, that's a beautiful funny. story, Lisa Joe. I love that. And it wouldn't have happened except for Peter's great need and his vulnerability. And I can only imagine for your son to be entrusted with that responsibility, Mm -hmm. really an adult responsibility. That's really beautiful. Who knew that we would have beauty that we would discover even in our bathrooms? Like it's hard to imagine stories like that coming out of a bathroom. But I think that's the beauty of being a family when we are allowing all the parts of our lives to bleed into one another even the bathroom takes on significance. It does. Well, thanks for trading these stories. I am not going to look at my bathroom the same way. And I have a feeling I'm going to have a conversation with my mother later after she listens to this (laughs) and see what she remembers of those shower parties long ago. Well, I will now be putting a little stash of candy in my bathroom too, because that is clearly genius. I need to up my bath game further. Well, if you're listening today and you want to share a snap of your bathroom or just a memory from the bathroom, the best way to find us is on Instagram. I am at Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm at Christy Purifoy. And we just have loved knowing that you're tuning in from your homes to our home series, Stories from Our Favorite Room in the House. And next week, we look forward to unpacking, I guess I should rather say, opening the door of yet another unexpected room. If you enjoyed today's conversation, won't you take a moment right now, open up that podcast app and look for the subscribe button right next to our podcast profile image. And we think this podcast is best enjoyed with friends. So tell a friend, click share episode in your podcast app and send a friend our link. 